It's a good show. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. And this is a podcast by three gay comedians who've known each other for about ten years, and we've always bonded over the fact that we just don't really fit in in the gay community. We're sort of like the lazy queer eye of the Fab Five. Yeah, except I got 2020. Textual Healing well, it's our first official segment of our first official episode. Holla! Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. 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 You know your drag race now. I do. Thank you. Well, textual healing is our first segment, and yeah. textual healing is basically a segment where we're going to talk about stuff we've been texting about back and forth. Um, usually week. chains that Brent has ignored, but... Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you'll hear about in upcoming episodes. Still, it's our text stuff. messages. So... So Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, as it was formerly called, is now called Queer Eye. It's uh-huh. been a huge success for Which Netflix. Which blows me away. So unfortunate. I, I know. I, I can't believe that they managed, I guess, to make it relevant again. I, I mean, don't know how they can. Elliot, what do you think about it? I hate it. My Okay, so let me first, let's first say that I would love to know first. When we think about Queer Eye from 2003. Yeah. Uh-huh. What? What? How did that affect? How did that make you feel? What was? What was it like for you? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, if I could, yeah, I, please. I, uh, I think queer eye in a communal sense had a really important p- p- role in the early sort of aughts. Um, it was a time post Ellen, but during Will and Grace, where you know gay acceptance and gay visibility was becoming more of a thing. And these five men, you know, it was kind of bold to have that on television every week and to have it be amongst straight communities. And that was mm-hmm. that was something that I think at the time was very very needed, and it served a good purpose. Um, uh, and back then, queer, you know, could have applied to just sure. men. This newer. Oh wait, I just want to know. I want to okay. know what, what yeah. brand. What it was like for you? I, I, yeah, I was. I actually, I agree. Uh, I remember liking it when it came out. It wasn't my favorite, but I thought yeah, it was good. Same. And I remember. I do remember very distinctly having a moment where, even though I knew my family was liberal, when I found out my brother and my parents would, had watched it mm-hmm. and liked it, I remember thinking that was like this kind of weird. I don't know how else to put it, but like mm-hmm. a weird moment where you're like, oh, huh. It's almost like we were starting that process of establishing what is gay friendly and what is not. Yeah. You know, sort of when, you know, just even five years before it, you yeah. know, the acceptance of gay people just in the culture was so, so much less so yeah. than, than what, I had that when I'm, my family went to go see The Birdcage. I was so terrified uh, that they would be like, this is a gay movie and they hmm. would hate it. And they loved it. They were obsessed hmm. with it. And huh. it made me feel. Although queer, I was a little bit more of a domestic, but it was. But unlike the birdcage, it was like. Which I agree with. I'm just saying, like, Queer Eye at that point had this, like, more domestic in your house. Because that was reality kind of television. Accessibility, it was in your home. yeah. It was, I, yeah. I, I'm with Brent. I sort of liked, I liked it, and then I grew to feel like that it was helping the yeah. cause. Yeah. But then I grew to. Um, if I, I, what I I felt no connection to any of the men, yeah. and and that to me became a bummer. Where I was like, oh, okay, so I'm 
I guess how long I'm going to wait to see a reflection of myself yeah. in game media, and it turns out I'm still watching still the clock. Waiting. <laughs> still uh, watching the clock. No, but I, I know what you mean. Where I thought it was a real, I thought it was great. I enjoyed yeah. the show, but then it was still like you still felt there was a point, a part of you that was like, well, are, are we only valuable if exactly. we're helping you accessorize in your purse or something? Yeah. And to that yeah. point, though, which the, is of course not what people are saying and watching it, but that, I think after two or three seasons, that's how I felt. I'm like, all right, well, and I'm it done. also I it also this. perpetuates the stereotype, which I hate of oftentimes from women, straight women, saying, you know, oh, let's go shopping or let's do this. Right. And it, that that always kind of, you know, rubbed me well, the wrong so way. So how do you feel about this new this new um, re- well. re- uh, a reboot in which five gay guys mm-hmm. do the same thing, quote unquote. They unquote, they yeah. help yeah. with, they help somebody, they call it Queer Eye because it's not for the straight guy, it's for anybody now. Uh-huh. And it's a very uh, progressive, woke show. I disagree. Yeah. Well, I know, but this is how they, yeah. they pitch it and I think it's supposed to be perceived as it's yeah. very like woke show, and the reason people are obsessed with watching it on Netflix is because they're all very um, progressive and touchy feely, and the show is very emotional, right? Yeah. And sort of kind of takes the most PC route through which they then help somebody turn their life around with clothes. Um, for f- design, advice. food, yeah. advice, and yeah. I'm missing one. Fashion? No. Yeah, yeah food Culture. and wine. Here, buy this wine. Grooming, grooming. Quit buying three buck chuck at Trader Joe's and buy this wine and you'll be happy. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, <laughs> yeah. we all we, we all watched um, the Average Joe episode. I think it was right. episode seven so, where they yeah. worked on a worked on a straight guy who lived in his they parents. They worked on him. Yeah. yeah. He, lived yeah. In his, he lives in his parents' house. Yep. He's a... Comedian, but and in, within the span of two or three days, yeah. they update his wardrobe. They update they update his look, and by the end of the show, I'm not bru- I'm not giving any spoilers no, no, here. No. Yeah. He kisses a girl. Yeah, you know. So yeah. I, I think uh, I actually, you know, I went in wanting to dislike it. Yeah, just because that's sort of my default uh, approach to to a lot of things, and I didn't. I didn't dis. I didn't fundamentally dislike it. Um, I, you know, I I think it's to me it was like. Sort of an updated version of what happened, of what we were yeah. watching 10 years ago. It's Let funny me, because I, I just want to say, like, it's funny ago. because Jesus. we're sort of taking this, we're sort of, uh, uh, what the, Brent is usually known to be more of the pessimist. I sort of fall somewhere in the middle, and Alan tends to be more of the optimist. And in this scenario, oh, yeah, I was it's really flipped. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm with Brent, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I, I get it, but I'm also, there's a part of me that I, I appreciate it, but um, I love Alan's deep, visceral hatred for the show. And this will be the only time you ever hear Alan. You'll never hear this again. Uh, Let me unpack it. Let me unpack it a little bit. So, I... I, uh, the, nothing against the people on the show, the, the five men on the show. I think they do, they're doing good work and get your paycheck. I'm all sure, about of that. Course. And even the show isn't necessarily, I agree, the, the, it's produced in a very good way, and I think they're doing good things. I fundamentally disagree with the use of the word queer in this capacity because I feel like they're perpetuating the patriarchal sort of push of the word queer. They're saying that these queer I, these queer fab five men, five men, come into a man's sort of existence and makes that man's life better when we should be queer does not mean men at all. It means women. It means trans people. It means everybody. It could mean if you identify as queer, you're queer. And so why, if this show bills itself as woke, then why is there not a trans man as part of the five men? Why is there not a woman? Why? I think we should be doing more in this world to have straight men identifying and seeing women as equals in in sort of these situations and, and going into their homes and saying you should be doing this or you could be well, doing yeah. this and giving these suggestions. I think that would be 
be more woke. And it's so interesting because I think you you know with the show, most people would be like, well, it's a re- you know it's a reality show, like it's it's pretty straightforward. It's but but on the show. A lot of the subject matter is like them illuminating like Trump, a Trump voter or whatever. Mm -hmm. These guys who aren't aware of like the nuances of being gay or being black or, you know, that's part of the show. And so it is actually interesting that, you know, your your idea that like it does feel limited. I I think the gay community has a huge problem with sexism. And I think the gay community has a huge problem with constantly viewing what it means to be gay through a male lens. And we've seen it, you know, recently with RuPaul's comments about trans people within competing on drag race. We see it in this show. We see it in so many different areas where if it it has to have a male angle to it and there are women in in the queer community and there are trans women and there are trans men. Why aren't they included in this queer wokeness that it should be going into these straight men? This Why shouldn't go a Trump voter needs to meet a trans person? The Trump voter needs to meet a queer woman. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's vital. Although that's kind of, a, I mean, it could be a tall order for a show where they're like, let us just, you know, like draw you in baby steps into a um, no. Brooks Brothers or whatever. Trans, you take a trans man <laughs> You take a trans man and you have that man teach this Trump voter about grooming or culture or whatever. Guess what? About culture specifically, that trans man is going to make that person more woke than anybody else of those other this gay men on the show. Yeah, I mean, if if we're talking about you know the, what what the original queer eye did for the gay rights movement, it would be applicable that you would want to do that to for the trans movement. Yeah. Right now, yeah. I have a question. How do you guys feel about Jonathan? The hair guy. Um, what do you mean? How did he strike you? <laughs> well, but what is, what is, what's your intent behind the question? I found him to be a bit much, mm. and I know that I immediately felt bad because I'm like, do I find him to be a bit much because he's effeminate? Yeah. And the answer is no. <laughs> I find him to be a bit much because he's a lot. Do and you, all the abreaves oh, talking oh, oh, in abreaves and yeah, all that yeah, yeah. shit. I don't know. It just like well, it, yeah, I mean, it got to me. But, and it just, but you immediately recognize that you've potentially felt judged him because he was a feminine. Well, of course. And that's what I'm saying. I'm like, is that a, is that me? And like, no, I, I don't. It's it, a, a, a feminine behavior doesn't bother me. I was like, but I was just, you know, it just struck me because of course that's the thing that is, you know, it, there's a big part do of you ever like judge gay men who are effeminate? No, I'm, I, you know, for, for, uh, for years, I've also kind of struggled with this, where I'm like, am I am I deep down a, a f- feminism bigot, you know, yeah. or a, fem- a, a, a feminine fe- a, a feminine yeah. bigot, and. And I mean, I've I, I've given this a lot of thought, and fundamentally, I, I don't think I am. I'm, for instance, you're, you're going to hear him in a couple of weeks, but Gabe Liebman did the episode, did uh, is going to do the podcast, and he's I would say effeminate, but I love him with all my heart and soul. I will say this though, and I have I have felt over the years, I think sometimes when I meet someone who is effeminate, yeah. I kind of associate maybe that's like a a deeper. Uh, gay affect Mm -hmm. that also can go uh, part and parcel with being kind of catty or mean Mm. and uh, cutting in in a way. I feel like some of the worst interactions I've had with gay people tend to be with 
effeminate men who are kind of playing up that role. And yeah. I think that's, I think, without, again, without trying to be a bigot, I think that's what I'm responding to, which is almost in a certain sense, depending on how, you know, you use your, quote, effeminateism, yeah. uh, there's an immaturity to it, I think. I mean, I think I agree, and I think a lot of people have that reaction, but I also think... Um, just like, you know, during the Stonewall riots, like it was drag queens that were sort of leading the way, drag queen mm-hmm. and trans women who were leading the way initially. And I think that effeminate men, uh, specifically gay effeminate men, are are more out there and more out and doing more for visibility. And, and not being, necessarily by choice. And not necessarily by choice. It's who they are. Mm-hmm. And in a way... I think that is one of the boldest expressions of queerness and, and, and pushing it into the community. And just like with Queer Eye, brought queerness into the homes of people by using majority of feminine men, right. quote unquote. Sure. Um, and it allowed straight people and the majority of people to see gay people as human beings rather than just yeah. stereotypes. Um, I think effeminate men play a really important role. And I think we should. I, yeah, I think for me, it's like, it's, it. it's not, yeah, it's not, it really is not about Jonathan being effeminate. It's that. He, I, I think, thought he was really funny. I thought he was I, funny I think too. he seems very yeah. sweet. And I think for me, it's We've the met lar- him. He's very sweet. He is. The, yeah. I'm just saying the, the larger concept, and it's not really about him, the larger concept of the show that I think bugs me yeah. is just the idea of this like forced merriment. I and agree. I understand yeah, I that's the con- that, I understand that's the, the <laughs> yeah, vibe of the show, TV, but they're yeah. like fun, fun. And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. if a- five people came into my apartment and like started t- like changing things, I would be like, get the fuck out of my well, place. Also, yeah, it's there- also so funny. It's like it's so weird. I mean, especially I think working in entertainment, you're watching a show like this, and they make a 30 second beat out of going into the next room and seeing how yes. much noise you can make. Yes, <laughs> yes. If you're gonna fuck next to your parents' yeah. bedroom. And you're just you're just like God. It's, you got to make so much. You know, you've yep. got thirty thirty minutes to fill. So yes. you got to yeah. scream. Everybody you gotta scream. scream. <laughs> you got to jump and you dance. Know, there is this. Cra- this is separate from every. This is a little a little bit of a tandem uh, tangent. There's a there's a controversy, a, like a mini controversy brewing online about Anthony, the food guy. What about him? He was not formally trained. Oh. In the culinary world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the internet has had this sort of tongue in cheek. What was he trained in? Like, what is, does he microwave? He's an actor. Oh, sure. Okay. And Ted Allen, who was the original guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, right. Love him. Top re- chef. Yes, and he recommended Anthony Ch- for the more show. I'm a chopped guy myself. Oh, is it chopped? He's yeah. on one of them. And there are these, there's all these think pieces online about whether he's a real cook, whether he understands. The whole thing started because, I guess in the pilot, he put Greek yogurt in guacamole. Oh, I've done that. Well, apparently a lot of people haven't, and that it caused this big stir online about huh. whether Anthony is like <laughs> no. a, a fraud. You put a dollop of Greek yogurt in something, you got at least 12 grams of protein. <laughs> this sounds like another good use of time on the internet. Uh, very I will also uh, say an that invaluable conversation to be having. I right will also now. say that uh, the Karamo, who does the quote unquote culture, yeah. he was on um, like other reality shows before this. And so uh-huh. between him and like Anthony being an and actor. Jonathan, I mean, uh, Gay of Thrones. I know, I'm just saying, yeah. it's so interesting now that we're at a point where it's like. You just nothing really mat- matters, yeah. you know. It just yeah. kind of like people are whatever you want to turn them into yeah. on a reality show. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Reality I shows hope that are... I get cast on a reality show for women's health. <laughs> 
I, I think it's I would o- OBGYN. I would oh go Alan Scott. Yeah, OBGYN. Or OBGY not. Yeah. H. Alan Scott. <laughs> On that note. Not even joking. Not even joking is our segment where we're talking about. Well, it's our main segment. We're just talking about stuff that we're not necessarily joking about, but and of course we, we are. And we ain't even joking. And our first guest for our first episode is the innumerable. That's not the right word, is Inimitable? it? Inimitable? Inimitable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I literally know the word you're talking about, and I want to use it in my yeah, vocabulary, yeah. but I keep forgetting it, too. In- Inimitable. Inimitable. Do you understand that? Anymore? No, I don't. <laughs> Inimitable. Uh, yeah. Un- Inimitable. I like unflappable. Let's go with unflappable. All right. Alaska Thunderfuck. Yay! (laughs) I actually can be flapped, so I'm not unflappable. (laughs) Easily flapped. Let's go with fantastic. I I can flap a lot. Well, Alaska, I mean, the world knows you most and was introduced to you Uh on the biggest I think it's just the biggest thing in gay world live with Ryan and Kelly uh-huh. it's live with Ryan and yeah. Kelly uh... <laughs> time's up <laughs> no RuPaul's Drag Race yeah you were a contestant on season five five and All Stars 2 All Stars 2 and winner you crowned the winner well you were <laughs> I mean <laughs> and, and so the way so Brent hasn't watched the show yeah H. Allen was a late no offense no offense <laughs> I wish this was in video because my head just snapped so hard. Just, I was like, like, I literally just broke my neck. Um, well, well, Alaska, so I do a Golden Girls podcast called Alan and I, and you yeah. are an avid listener, VIP guest of that podcast. And a Golden yeah. Girls genius. Genius. Okay. Genius. Okay. And you had messaged me about being on the podcast, and I, because yeah. I had not watched RuPaul's Drag Race, I didn't know anything oh of, God. and everyone was freaking out about you, and then Ellie, including me, for, told me who you were. Okay. And I was like, well, I just know him as one of my close personal friends now. But Ellie, but then I started watching Drag Race. You're going to talk about how I mean, basically, Drag Race has just gone mainstream. It's huge. I mean, RuPaul at this point has won Emmys for hosting it. It just feels like the most and has a much bigger audience than just gay men. I mean, a lot of women are are core audience of the show. And and it's on VH1. You watch the ads Mm. for the show, and you can tell the audience is that's watching this. It's primarily women. It's I mean, it's it's Mm -hmm. it's an urban audience. It's reaching any mesothelioma. Probably, probably. Well, the show moved from logo to coal miners, so I guess we know that (laughs) it moved from logo to VH1, which sort of yeah, maybe uh, officiated its like mainstreamness now. Um, But now, so yeah, it's just a huge part of the culture and is really mainstreamed. And I was saying to you before, it feels like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like All Stars Two was really this sort of apex for the show when it turned into something new. And and I don't know, as a contestant on the show, if you felt that way, if you feel that way, if you feel, you know, if, if your reaction to fans and the fandom of the show makes you feel that way. But, you know, you're, you were sort of at the center of the storm is from where I could see. And does it feel that way for you? I mean, uh, I don't. I don't know. I guess. Well, you were. It's, uh, it's gotten bigger every year. Like the, right. the viewing audience continuously keeps getting bigger, which I I think is great. It's like, why not have more eyes on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I think that's. Can good. I ask you a question though? Just as someone who's been on a reality show, do mm-hmm. you feel? Do you? St- I presume you still watch. Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel? Do you feel competitive? Like, do you get like a no? Like. 
because you're obviously this huge star and you were beloved on this show, is it weird to maybe see someone else come along and become like another golden child? Like, does that feel strange? Like Trixie winning, for example. I know. No, it's great. It's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. It's and we're all like we're all friends. We're all cool. And um, no, it's good. Yeah. I like. It. And that's yeah. something that I think I love about, unlike any other reality show within the drag community, for the most part, there is a thing of sisterhood. There's a thing of family. And you know, yeah. RuPaul often talks about how oftentimes you have to choose your own family. And so, unlike other reality shows like Project Runway, you know, the, there's there's a communal family familial sense to the to the to the people you're working with. And, yeah. And you're really working with them. And so that's one of the things I love about Drag Race. Yeah, but I feel a sense of community with other stand-up comics. But yeah. if someone gets The Tonight Show and I didn't, I want to crush their head. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean you, yeah. you can't also feel competitive. Yeah. But it sounds like maybe maybe this is like a community that's beyond that. Well, no. I mean, I think there definitely is. There, And, and I had, you know, I've had like twinges of like, oh. Because yeah. Trixie <laughs> put, okay. So after I won All-Stars 2, I started... I start at every signature that I sign. If it's like a picture of me, I put, I draw a little crown on my head with the marker. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that was like my thing. And like, you know, I just didn't even think anything of it. I've been doing it for, for a while. And then the other night, Trixie just posted online and she was oh, like, yeah. she was like, this is my new signature, y'all. And it was like her signature with a crown on her head yeah. with the marker. And I'm like, okay, first of all, you stole that from me. <laughs> uh, but second of all, like, I don't, I don't get to do, to do that anymore. Huh. That yeah. like that kind of I I didn't shed a tear, but I shed an internal tear yeah. for yeah. a second. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you know, the, you move on, and if it and makes you feel any better. I shed dozens of internal tears every day. Yeah, <laughs> in, my, oh, in my life and career. So don't don't worry about it. You are amongst good friends. <laughs> what like what are your audiences like now? After because before before you were on Drag Race, what was your career like, and how did it change after Drag Race? Well, there wasn't a career before I was on Drag Race. (laughs) Well, you were in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. And you were sort of like a gender fuck drag queen? Well, I I don't know. I think think when I really first started drag, it was more like that. Mm -hmm. It was more like just like shocking and like club kid like. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I started to, like, I don't know, just try different things. Because when you do something for a while, you just sort of get bored of it and want yeah. to keep trying new things. Um, but, you know, by the time I got on season five, I was, like, I, w- I, I was convinced I was a woman. <laughs> that you what? A woman. <laughs> convinced. Stunning. Perfect. Beautiful. Uh-huh. Convinced. Um, and, but, you know, I don't know. It's still evolving. And, like... Because drag is also so interesting, too, in that, you know, you you learn so much from the show whether or not they're, they're not... It's not really like you're being taught lessons, which is why the show is subversive. Yeah. Things just are the way they are, and it introduces ideas like... I mean, the fact that I just said gender fuck drag is like... Right. That's, that's, that's new to me, but like it's talked about how there's different like schools of drag, like pageantry yeah. and comedy and yeah. fish, which is like... What's fish? Fish is... is they like, go to fish concerts? They go to fish yeah. concerts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're mostly Jewish. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> from the tri-state area. What is fish? Fish is just a, a drag queen. And I think I'm saying it correctly. That That is like serving you so much woman. Oh, 
So like who's fifth? Wait, no, wait, no, examples. explain it. You're, oh, just serving so much like woman. She's as a so woman. she's so feminine. Uh-huh. And she, yeah, it's like, like real, r- quote unquote, realistically feminine, uh, passable. Uh, like mm-hmm. that's that's what fish is like. A, a, a the metaphor being that she, her, her pussy smells like fish. Uh, <sighs> I think right. <laughs> well, the com- it's so it's so weird because I I currently recording a podcast and like we haven't announced it yet but it's about drag race uh-huh. and we literally just had this conversation oh. and Willem is like yeah like it's like you're so you're such a woman that your pussy smells like pussy smells and I'm like okay <laughs> the conversation has evolved <laughs> about this word and, and a lot of people like um, in the community don't really like this word anymore and yeah. don't really use it so I think it's, it's kind of cartoonishly mean <laughs> yes Right, Ridiculous, I think it's going yeah. out of fashion a little right, bit right. because it because I mean I I don't know I mean I've I've uh, um uh, like Sherry Vine says she was like I ate a pussy once and it didn't smell like fish it was like kissing an elbow <laughs> so wow. I mean the most wow. most vaginas smell lovely and are amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful gardens and, yeah. you know and you know what if they don't <laughs> that power. is okay that's okay yes right. don't. I've That's never, a great sentiment too, because oh, it. I've always hated hated the trope that I think is is going away, but the trope of the sort of ew vaginas. Oh, it's the, the, so, it's oh, so I, late. It's so late. There was a, there was a YouTube lame. video a few years ago. One of those dumb like. Buzzfeedy reaction videos where the the video was literally gay guys see vaginas for the first time. Oh, oh my yeah. god! And they're all like, "Ew!" And no. it's like, "Yeah, I came from one." You know Bow that? Bow down. Bow yeah. down. Bow down. I've never actually like seen one like up close, yeah. mm-hmm. personal. I've seen you bushes know, before, but I've never sure. seen a vagina. It harkens to this weird thing I've always noticed about gay people, which is sometimes, especially if there's a bunch of gay people all together, there becomes this competition as to who is the gayest or who is... Like, I am. How many times have you heard people say... How many times have you heard someone say, like, I'm so gay? Or I'm... It's like, I don't know why... Like, I get... I've had people... To me, and, it's a and, threshold, you well, know? No, well, I've had people use it as sort of... I've taken it as sort of an insult in that they... Like especially if I'm in a straight setting, I, I was at this CrossFit box once, which is was it's, you'd think in LA would be the gayest setting ever, but in fact it was very straight. And someone said you're the gayest um, human being I've ever seen. To you? To me? And I a gay I, guy said that to you? No, a straight person. Oh, okay. And I huh? I immediately was like, well, you don't know a lot of gay people, but thank you, I guess. <laughs> like I don't I don't I didn't know how to I didn't know how what to was take the, it. Um, con- what was the context? I was wearing. Were you blowing a guy? No, <laughs> no. I was wearing like a tank top that had like pizzas on it and like mm-hmm. weird shorts. I just was dressed like me, you know. Okay. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. A tank top with pizzas. Okay, maybe he maybe he made a good point this one time. It was no, a great fuck tank it, top. It was pizza. They had pepperoni pizza I know all that over. Tank it. top and I love that tank it's top. It's a great tank top. I it's support, a great I, tank top Alan, to work I out in. Your tank and they said top. I was the gayest human being ever. And I thought like Super you would shit. never you would never say to a black person you're the blackest person I've ever met. Like you would never it's do. Pretty that. shitty. Yeah, it's a really yeah. shitty thing to and say. And even though I am very proud, if sure. you think I'm gay and of you course. think I'm really gay, like I am gay and I love it. But like, yeah, no, I, I, I yeah. do. I love being yeah. gay. Brent and I. Well, no, we, Ellie and I were like, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, take or leave it. Yeah, oh, no, okay, sure. I fucking love it. I love everything love about it. being no, gay. You do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. It's so cool. Yes. Let, I get to touch on, dicks. Let me. Let me. Let me. Uh, everyone, you should be out and proud. Um, okay. No, but they do. Yep. They do use it. So, like, I mean, what kind of, 
What do you, Alaska, what kind of reactions do you get from, let's say, straight audiences or from a, specifically like straight men to your drag? Well, I will say that the audience now, like the, my core audience and for a lot of the show is like young women, um, young straight women. Uh, mm-hmm. um, because I think it's, I think Drag Race is like providing this thing that's like, it's like something real happening, mm-hmm. even though everything in drag is fake it's like fake on fake on fake but something real emerges and when you go to a drag show you're seeing something real happen in front of you yeah. so mm-hmm. it, and it's um an alternative for these young women yeah who want to be empowered and who i and i think drag is like i think we're celebrating femininity yeah you know i think we're priestesses that worship at the Church mm-hmm. of yeah. the Vagina. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, like the Femininity, best. you know. Like you were a student of the show, bef- right? Like sort of. Oh, yes. A, a student of the show leading up to actually getting on the show. Yeah. And then you became sort of a, a, a huge fan favorite and and people were really excited for you to win um, All-Stars because, well, some of us felt you were robbed in your season. Some I was us. that. Some of us. I was that. <laughs> um, who won that season? Jinx Monsoon. And she killed that. Yeah. Know, it was her season. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, all I'm saying is the my favorite part of the show is watching somebody who is subversive, and she is, but like subversive and referential and, uh, you know, um, just intelligent you're like leading with intelligence and up until that point especially on drag race i'd never seen someone like you who came off to me as like a comedic artist i felt like in the drag scene at least in new york which i didn't partake in a lot i felt like i'm seeing like catskills comedians in like drag and it never appealed to me until I was exposed to your kind on the show. It's a very nice compliment. Yeah, Thank you. but is it? Is that, does <laughs> I appreciate it, that. But also, does that make me? Does that make me a shithead for being kind of just not into it until seeing what feels like the 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 you know the Fulbright Scholar of drag? Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I mean, that's fine. And I think there's something, there's something for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. I think as long as, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I think as long as you're not, as long as you don't go into uh, a drag show thinking, I'm going to hate this or I want to hate this or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think you probably were objective in all the drag shows you went to. Sure. And, you know, obviously you and I have our issues, but like, I What's think you probably. What's a cat skills comedian? <laughs> so, like a, um, like a Upstate sticky, New York, a yeah. sticky, sticky sort of like, old hey, Jewish lady. And it's yeah. always like, hey, straight boys. Oi, I, mean, I will, you know, I will admit. I love, I love this person. I think I think she's a hilarious drag queen. Uh, Bianca Del Rio is so good, so so good. Yeah. But of all the Drag Race winners, I think Bianca would personify a sort of Catskills comedian more than anybody else. However, okay. yeah. but Bianca is also <laughs> brilliant, good, brilliant, brilliant. And I, I'm, th- I'm just thinking of nights at like Barracuda in New York. Oh my god, like, Barracuda's the worst. And just being like, ugh, like the drag queen would be like, hey, straight boys. Well, and I think, and I'm like, I think oh, what's the uh, end game we also, here? We also no have a punchline. Elliot, we also have a bias. Like the of three of, The three of us have a bias because doing comedy at different shows, especially if you ever do a gay room 
oftentimes that's oh, hosted or there's a drag luck. queen and there's like a it's impossible to compete for attention against a drag queen it when you're sure on a show is. it's impossible yeah and and i mean you can be funny and try to do your thing but in the end of the day the drag queen will always win visually and oftentimes audibly like they will just win because they dominate a room yeah and and so i think we might have a bias in terms of like performing sometimes maybe with i know i definitely had that where i had to do i had to follow a drag queen and it just bombed Alaska, yeah. Who, yeah. Alaska, who are your who are who are some of your faves that we might know or might not know? What from the show? Just in general, just in the drag world. I don't know from the show or from oh. not the show. There's so many. I mean, fr- from not the show. I mean, Jackie B is like the queen, the and best. Of course, um, Lady Bunny is transcendent, and um, Coco Peru is incredible. Uh, but I mean, every, uh, there's so many girls from the show who are incredible. Do you know about the ones from so season? Well, this will air when season ten is on. Mm-hmm. Are there any from season ten? We're, we're recording when the show has not begun yet. But okay, are yeah. there any f- faves? Oh my gosh! I mean, Monet is amazing. Monet she's like Exchange, such, yeah, right? From she's such Texas, a sweetheart. right? She's from New York. Oh, There's New York. five girls from New York on season ten. Do you think they're yeah. biased to urban cities? Yeah, geographically. Well, I think bigoted. Right. I think drag queens like migrate though. Of like they want to go to a big city because yeah. you can sort of try to make a career happen. Yeah. There. Oh, the, the scene in Sioux Falls is pretty good. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. <laughs> Wait, because you well, so you also travel a lot. A lot. You spend so much time traveling and doing shows. Try having dinner with this dude. I have Mm. a question. Are there cities where, I mean, Sioux Falls, I don't know, as an example, are there cities where you've gone where you're like, that kind of blew you away in the, in the, in the in the drag aesthetic there, or you were surprised or taken by it? Well. Everywhere I go, if I'm around drag queens, I always feel immediately at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, but I don't. I mean, Tampa, Florida. I've had so much. Fun. <laughs> really? Tampa, oh, Tampa's oh my God. fun. Actually. Albuquerque. Uh, I had so funny. much fun. Girl, they just give you a jug of alcohol. It's like a pit, <laughs> like a pitcher with a straw. What about going abroad? Um. Uh, yeah. You've done. I, I mean, like you've, it. you've gone. You've yeah. done like Europe. Yes. Um, I, we go to the UK a lot mm-hmm. and Australia. Wow. And of course, Brazil and um, Chile and uh, Mexico. And I'm just asking you to name countries for yeah, me. It's like planting the little glowing lights on the countries <laughs> at the end. What, like, what to you was your inspiration just even to start drag? And now at your point in your career, what sort of do you hope people take from your drag and from what you do? Well, I I think of it as like a divine calling. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a calling, and um, it's not for everybody. And there, because it takes all your money and all your time, and so it doesn't really make sense to do it. But it was like I was I was called to do it. Even when I was a little kid, I just liked girls' clothes better than boys' clothes. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you? Can we go by and just get your thoughts on our? Um, Drag names. Oh, yeah. we, have, we each I have, have one. one. I have yeah. one. Yeah. Okay, so mine is diarrhea and Frank. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! Thank you so much. Good for you. It's like his pride and joy. I love that's it so much. Really, somebody good. once my friend my friend was like my friend literally said once my drag name would be diarrhea and Frank, and I was like, what? I was like, that's that's for me, and he's like, no, no, that's. 
oh my god that's from you you took it from me do you have one Alan oh I do yes so I've been doing a lot of thinking about what my drag name would be having catching up on all the drag race seasons I've missed and I think my mother's name is Kathy and, yeah. and she likes she likes she's a cook and stuff. And I also feel like I have the body of Kathy Bates, so I feel like my. Oh, you drag, feel that way, but we don't. Necessarily it's true. Agree. I will get naked right here, and you will see Kathy Bates with Brother. a dick. You really will. Um, but <laughs> what my drag name is is I think my drag name will be Kathy Bakes. <laughs> Kathy Bakes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kathy Bates. Okay. I like Brent, Kathy Brent, do you have Bates. one? My, uh, Georgia O'Queen. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> it was at All the ready. Right. I love that, Alaska. Thank you so much. Thank you for thank being you here. So much. It's such a pleasure. You have been anointed. <laughs> I'm so on our thing. first episode. And another thing. And another thing is a segment in which we talk about something not necessarily in the realm of gay stuff. Although Alan not, always tries. Yep. He tries to make everything gay. I will, I will yeah. make it gay. And, well, let's see yeah. if you can, because we're going to talk about, for our first episode, cereal. The Breakfast cereal. Thing to not the podcast. Okay. All right. I'm a, just start, first, first things first, huge Grape Nuts fan. Or when I buy them, uh, generic at Ralph's, uh, Nutty Nuggets. Oh, um, nutty? They're not nutty. They're it's barley, right? Yeah, yeah, it's barley. Yeah, it's not literal. Uh, Excuse but, me. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I honestly think grape nuts. I put milk and occasionally a, a dab of fruit preserves. It is literally better than dessert. Grape nuts um, is so delicious. So good. I don't know why. No. I don't know how somebody came up with wet barley yeah. as being the most or delicious bone dry cereal. Barley. Bone yeah, dry yeah. barley, but it is so good. And I still, to this day, remember a commercial in which some woman on a porch cut a nectarine in half mm-hmm. and dipped the moist part of the nectarine into the <laughs> grape nuts. And I. That, that was feels, in. That yeah. feels for sexual. years. For I years know. on the back of their box, they always have. They always give you like ideas for shit to do with grape nuts. It's like we don't need ideas, guys. We're eating oh, grape nuts in a bowl. This is important. They've always wanted you to roll it in ice cream. Well, it's have you had? I'm, I'm just curious. As a fan, have you had grape nut O's? Yeah, I, I don't like the deviations from just old fashioned. Same. Grape nuts. Agreed. Here's here. Did you want to say? Alan, do you like grape nuts? Oh no, I was just gonna do something for everyone listening and just collectively tell you guys that grape nuts are boring. Okay. And <laughs> You guys well, are boring. Well, let, 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 let me make a very bold yes. stance. Oh, I've had grape nuts. Well, let me make a very bold stance. Uh, th- that is controversial to many. Cookie crisp doesn't taste like cookies. No, it doesn't. It's it a, just tastes like kicks. Now, that was a fantasy of mine as a child it's to a get fantasy. my hands on cookie crisp. Once I did... Boring. Yeah, it's the most boring. It's literally. No. It's a bummer. It's like they pretend they spray chemicals to make it yes. look like chocolate chips. There's no it's chocolate nothing. in that shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just do what I know the fans want to hear right now <laughs> and say that if you're gonna fucking do cereal, fucking do cereal. We're talking Lucky Charms. Yeah. We're talking like Honey Nut Cheerios, Frosted Flakes, Crackling Oat Frosted Bran. Mini Wheats is even delicious. Tricks. Hold on, I mean, there's so guys. many go- Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles is incredible. Incredible. But see, he just made it gay. But he did. Yeah. Yes. But, 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 Brent makes a great point. 
Because About what? It, because it went over our heads very quickly. Cracklin Oat Bran uh, is the most del- Wait, don't, don't shake your no. heads. Oh, wait, wait, Ellen. Ellen. Ellen, have you had it? You are rude. Yes, yes I have. And it's, it's boring. It's the boring. kind of things that 80-year-olds eat because they like are like, oh, we're going to die. Hold on. No, I hold think on. you're thinking of like. Yes. He's thinking of like of something. Fruit Loops or yes. some shit. No, no. You're th- I think no. he's thinking of like Nutrigrain. I'm thinking of boring <laughs> Cracklin cereal. Cracklin Oat Bran. No. 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 Cracklin Oat Bran is literally like eating oatmeal <coughs> cookies. Yeah. It is the most... Del- have you like had vanilla? it? vanilla? I think I have. No, vanilla. you haven't had it because no, you... Ju- you no, you, you are lying. Know. You're you lying. Know. I, no. <laughs> is it like, is it like cereal that you pour out oh, of a wait, box wait, and you put wait, milk wait, on it? It looks yes. like... It look. Wait, explain what it looks it's like. It's like How little squares, but there's shit. a circle in the center. It's like so squares it's, with a circle. It's like a thumbprint, a square with a thumbprint in the middle. Have you guys had crackling Oprah in the in the booth back there? See, you mispronounced it. It's crackling. Crackling. That's no. how we know you're a, you're a no, liar. See, see they have they they have they don't like it. What do you guys think about this dessert trend of? Cereal as a dessert. I'm like, all about it. That's all I do. You know, you know what I used to do when I would get stoned in New York, uh, in uh, in New York. I was going to give my age, but then I, I immediately backtracked. Uh, <laughs> I would I would get high and I would put half and half on my cereal. Oh wow! And it was it was unbelievable. It was also the only time in my entire life mm-hmm. in which, like, after doing this for, like, ten days, I was like, oh my god, I'm a lot fatter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking half and half I will, on a regular basis I will basis admit, right now. I have, there's, a, there's a shame associated with cereal for me, because I love cereal. Like, love cereal. And I can never buy it, because I will eat it so quickly. Yeah. But it's expensive, When I was too. a kid, it's very expensive. When I was a kid, I was a, I was a heavier kid, and my older brother, Chris, came in, and I was eating Frosted Flakes, and he said, how many bowls is that? And I got so <laughs> embarrassed, mortified that like that moment has just I, I've shamed into eating cereal. So, so whenever I yeah. do eat cereal, it's usually you do it because in the closet. It's, at, it's yes, no. It's usually because it's at someone else's house. I'll eat cereal. Like if they have, I it, love I'll that eat you say cereal. that now. When people talk about cereal, they say, "When I was a kid, like me, I wasn't allowed to have those cereals, so we'd have, have it at cereals. friends' houses." Yeah. But H. Allen is literally talking yeah. about it as an adult. Yeah, yeah. because having, well, but not not for the reason that you couldn't. Like mine yeah. is because I have shame and I would eat the whole box and I don't want to. Sure, be, I don't want anyone to see me eat cereal. So you were allowed sugary cereals as a kid. Oh my god, I was allowed. Everything as a Brent, kid. were you? No, I was not. Me either. And I also, uh, I don't think I would let my kid have sugar cereals. I wouldn't either. Unless it was for dessert. Oh, Absolutely. Because so they, are, they are genuinely there dessert. Is, in New York, Kellogg's <clears throat> opened a... Um, like eatery, a dessert eatery where you go, yeah. and literally they have all these cereals, and you fill it with cereal. I don't even think there's ice cream there, yeah. but they make it into a dessert. Yeah, which is like crazy I'm to think about. How it- I'll be honest, amongst all like the foodie culture that we, the explosions of donuts and all this shit, I can't believe there hasn't been more done with cereal. Mm. Like someone a- opens up a shop where they make like their own cereals. They're obviously mind blowing. They have different they types have of that. milk. They've kind of. I don't de- think it's it's definitely not ubiquitous. It's, no, it's, it's not, not ubiquitous. It's not big. No. Fruity Pebbles has become a a, a flavored du jour of for like froyo stuff. Truly, yeah. and then also um, Lucky Charms is sort of in that realm now. Oh, I love Lucky Charms. But did you guys know that all Lucky Charms taste the same? No. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Did you know that if you eat the strawberry frosted mini wheats afterwards, you have a delicious strawberry milk situation? Yeah, yeah. The Lucky Charms don't taste like clovers. Yeah, they're no. going to be. Yeah, they're going to be all, all the same. No, no, but all the marshmallows taste the same. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, because yeah. a little bit of a bummer to me. I mean, well, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well on that note, we'll, we'll leave it with that. I got every segment is well. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm okay. going to go get some crackling oat bran and yeah. teach H. Allen a yeah. lesson. Boo. 
What would your aunt say? What would your aunt say? So this is a segment that we use to conclude every episode. And basically, in gay life, uh, our culture and our world world can be so insular. So the idea is, like, let's say you're home for Thanksgiving. You're 50 miles from the nearest gay bar. And you're talking to your aunt about what happens to you on Grindr or wherever, whatever is happening in your gay-ass life. And... And so the idea is, what is, what would you what would your aunt say to something that is uh, that we talked about uh, on on this episode? Yeah. Uh, and, and Brent, let's let's ask, well, what would your aunt Ramona? Yeah. So Aunt Aunt Ramona say. would probably be she'd probably say, I can't believe that gay people eat guacamole with Greek yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> I know if I were to ask if my if my aunt Joanne were listening to this episode, she would ask, now, now what is logo? <laughs> Logo. My, You'd say, that's eh, nothing. Don't, don't worry about, about it. it. Don't worry about it. My Aunt Anne from St. Joseph, Missouri would say, you know, I don't, I respect everyone's journey. I just, um, do you think Alaska Thunderfuck, is that her legal name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and is it? <clears throat> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Justin <not>. Thunderfuck. <laughs> I just gave away, he gave it away. The well, man behind the curtain is Thank Justin. you guys so much for listening to our first episode wow, of You're Making It Worse. Are you guys gayer? Are you guys gayer? Oh, yeah. Did I Make you gayer? I'm not super, no. super, super. Except super you're the gay. only one wearing pink or That's lavender. True. It's purple, purple. Yeah, it's a millennial lavender. Yeah, I'd agree. Well, until next time, I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan, and I'm H. Allen Scott. It's a good show. <laughs> <laughs>